Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So just before we start, I want to encourage us with a word. Um, and the word, Pastor Chris was trading it with me and I had it in my, in my heart as well. And Rana touch, actually touched on it when she was praying. But it's just a time to not step back as Christians. It's a time to not shrink back, but it's a time to keep on being bold. Um, it's a time of perseverance for, for some of us. Um, it's a time of really pressing through. And I, I just as, as we were sharing the Zambia outreach, as we're sharing the hospital outreach, if you've noticed what's been happening at church, too often we pray and ask God, Lord, Lord, what should I get involved in? Or, or you know, what, what are you busy doing? But there's so many things that God is actually busy with. We should just get on board with what He's currently busy with. You know, we should just get on board. There's so many things happening. And if you want to take the best holiday that you can give your family or yourself is a 10 days mission. There's nothing better you can give your family or yourself is a 10 days mission. And next year we'll have more missions, family orientated actually, you know, where you can actually take your your spouse and your kids um, because we want to expose everybody to the mission of God from an early age. Alright, so we have been, um, for the last couple of weeks, been having a financial series called Money Matters. And this Friday that passed, uh, we had a course that was presented by Malcolm and Mega called uh, Your Journey to Financial Freedom. And you know, Joanna and I was, was talking about it after, after the time, uh, after, after everything was finished, um, and it, was, it was just two days, and for those two days, we spoke about what happened in the two days, but we'll talk about that for the next two months, and maybe the next two years, or the next 20 or 200 years. <laughs> but what we have received, there was such fruitful information, and so applicable to our lives. And it really taught us that how to steward money, and, you know, and I'm so grateful for guys that are gifted in that area, that assist some of us. You know, in, in the perspective of, of the Bible of how to use our money uh, wisely. So it was really, really such a, a, a fruitful uh, time. So I'm going to be closing the series for us this evening with the topic called Spot the Difference. <laughs> Spot the Difference. So before we start, we're going to play a game. So we, before we start, we're going to play a game. So before you put it up, we'll have a photo on the screen and in the photo you're gonna spot the difference the first photo has four differences so if you can get it right you can put up your hand and we'll give you the mic and you're gonna show us where that you see them and then we'll give you something small alright okay so no shouting just just raise your hand and we'll notice you right Okay, so you can put up the first one. So there's differences in those two pictures. And there's, see how many, okay, there's one hand already. You can stand up. Tell us, four, ne? Not less than four. There must be four differences. You need to notice all four. Okay, here's one. Four, okay. Okay, that's one. Oh, wow. I didn't even see that. That's two. <laughs> wow. If you look at uh, okay, the score is a bit skewed. Okay, 
Oh, okay. No, let's let's just stay to the top. Sorry, sorry. I understand what's happening there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, three. One more. And where did I see the first one? Come, let's help her out. On the cheek. On the cheek. Okay. Wow, there's one chocolate. We can give one to her. Okay. Yeah, there's one. The sleeve. So if you notice the sleeve, it's also different. Um, Sweat mark. That's too technical. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. So we already gave one. We gave one away. So here's the second photo. Three, three things. Three differences. Okay, Dave, rise to your feet and give us the answer. Uh huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, the shoes, they already circled it for you. Okay, the shoes, I'll give it to you, Dave. Give me one more. The? The horse eyebrow. Wow, okay. Give him a hand. And then there's a door. There's a door at the back as well. The camel. And the sun. The sun as well. <laughs> the sun as well. No, I'm joking. There's nothing in the sun. That was the game. So congratulations to those who have won. So we will talk about spotting the difference. So I think this was a game that Jesus played uh, with his disciples. And we're gonna, you're going to open your Bible at the book of Mark, uh, the gospel of Mark rather, in chapter 12. And we'll be reading from verse 41 to 44. And then you'll actually see Jesus was playing this game with his disciples. Yeah, Jesus is a great leader. Spot the difference is actually one of the great, what great leaders do. Um, I'll, I'll tell you now how. Great leaders let people that follow them play spot the difference. Okay, so if you open at Mark 12, and I'm going to pray for us, and then we start. So Lord, we thank you for this evening, God, and we, we thank you for the joy of the Lord in our midst. God, we thank you that you come and just open the scripture, God, and open to us what you want to show us this evening, God. And Father, I thank you that I can just stay faithful to your word. And Holy Spirit, I just give over in this moment, Lord, that you will come and have your way in me and have your way in our hearts. And we thank you, God, that you're just opening our hearts, God, and you're just restoring and making it again more like you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's read together on the count of three. Read from the screen. One, two, three. And he sat down the and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in a small the 
Shabbat Shalom. In everything she had, all that she had left on. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. So we notice at Jesus, he calls his disciples. So this is me sharing with you what I think happened. So I think Jesus called his disciples together. And I imagine this. Uh, Lincoln, yeah, yeah, you come. And then Zinnemann, yeah, you come. So I, I disciple these two guys. Um, Lincoln is discipled. We're walking still, but me and Zinnemann walking at close road at the moment. So imagine, so this is what Jesus did. He told this guy, okay, guys, so today I want to play a game. And the game is spot the difference. So what you're going to do is we're going to observe the treasury. And you're going to sit wherever, at which angle you want to look at this thing from. And then at the end, we'll come together and we will share differences. So that's what Jesus did. And he goes and he sits down. You guys can sit. You can get your spot wherever you want to observe the game that we're going to play. And so Jesus goes down and he sits opposite the treasury. Now imagine this. So imagine, imagine Pastor Chris starts doing this. And he starts sitting here and he puts an offering box there. And he says, start giving. And you know, he observes each of us like going to the box. So those of you who have money, just go and put some money there on, the, on that, that, uh, uh, that uh, what do you call that thing? Just put your coin there. Just go and just give. Just two or three of you. Come on. There goes the 20. Money, come to me now. Have you ever heard that sermon? You know, and so, so this is the scenario that happened. So Jesus was observing people. Someone else, just put some money there. One or two people, a coin or two. Hi, come on, guys. So this is what, what Jesus was busy with. I wonder if the giving was so aggressive in that time. You know, and as they were giving, the, the day goes by and everything happens. And Jesus observes how these people are giving. And you know, there's, there's really something great in, in, in observing. So spotting the difference is really a great game you play as a leader. And there's this, there's, there's this well-known uh, manager actually in England called Sir Alex Ferguson. Most of you know him. And you know what he, what he would do? He, what he will do every day when his team comes to training, he will sit at a place where he can look them coming to the parking lot, stop, get out of the car and walk to training because he observed their mood. So he observed their facial expressions. He observed everything about them to examine them when he's going to uh, deal with them at the training ground. So he also he already has a perspective. And so this is really a great leadership tool. So if you ever want to help someone, just sit and prepare. So if you want to help someone preach, right, you can. This is what they did to me. So they told me, prepare a message. You're not going to preach the Sunday, but just prepare a message. I'll prepare a message and then observe. Observe what you wrote. Observe what I wrote and see what can you learn from that. And we can do that anything. So if you really want to learn, just observe. Observe people. They call it stealing with your eyes. But as Christians, we don't steal, so just observe. <laughs> just observe with your eyes. So, so Jesus, he sits down, and, and him and his disciples, and they just watch. It's people giving. Now imagine, I think we should start doing that. We can see a lot from people and how they give and all the emotions and their motives and everything that they do. And so it continues and the day, and, and Jesus comes together with his disciples, and they were playing the game. Though I think Jesus had a bit of an advantage, because he had, he he, he was still fully God, right? So he, I really think he saw things that they couldn't see, and so they were they were just observing and observing and observing 
what really happened. And so this is what Jesus does. He brings his disciples back in, back into the connect group. So if you're not in a connect group, you'll be missing out. He brings his, his, his disciples back into the connect group and he says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, this is my insight. This is what I observe from us playing the game. This widow, many rich people put in the, the, a large sums, and a poor widow put, came and put in two small copper coins, which makes a penny. And it says, um, and he called his disciples to him and said to them, that's a connect group setting, right? And he says, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more money or more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. And I can imagine the disciples telling Jesus, just wait. We observed with you. Don't tell us a $20 is more than a $200. It doesn't make sense. Right? If you think in actual fact, like this is what happened. He said the poor widow who gave a penny gave more than those who gave large sums of money. So what happened here? We're going to find out. So we're going to have three points out of this that Jesus saw that his disciples didn't see. And one thing, or three things that he shared, rather. The first thing is that God sees what man overlooks. There was something that Jesus could see that his disciples missed. There's something that he observed that his disciples missed. So what will that be? Because he says, truly, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who, are contrib who, who, contribute, who, those who are contributing to the offering box. Now, it doesn't make sense, right? doesn't make sense because if it says it's large sums versus a penny, it doesn't make sense. So Jesus had to see something beyond the physical money. And I'm con I, I want to say that I'm somehow, no, I'm convinced to say that this scripture has actually nothing to do with the amount. There's something else that Jesus was seeing that all his disciples overlooked and most probably we would have overlooked if we were there in that moment. Because it, it just doesn't make sense. And Jesus, I can see his disciples telling him, man, you can't do mathematics. We saw with you that they put in large sums, that lady put in a penny, and you want to tell us she put in more. Come on. It's not true. You see, but when it, when it came to what Jesus saw, that's why I say he had an advantage because he was fully God. He looks right past the physical. And straight into the heart. You see, in Samuel, it actually shares with us that it says, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Jesus saw not as, he, as the disciples saw, but man looks at the outward appearance. They looked at the amount of money. They looked maybe at the clothing the person was wearing. And Jesus says, uh, uh, God says here that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, this whole message before you miss the point is actually about giving. It's all about giving. And you see, when we give, God looks right past our physical appearance. So when you put your money down, He looked right past that $20, right straight into your heart. He says, I'm not bothered by your outward appearance. I'm not bothered by your sums of money at this moment. 
I'm, concern, I'm concerned about your heart. And you see, when it comes to giving, your motive can only be determined by you and God. None of us know you. None of us know from which motive you give. I can't determine it. I can speculate and I can assume. But when, you, when that basket goes by, it's only you and God that knows with what attitude, with what motive are you putting that money into the offering. With what motive, with what attitude are you paying your tithe, whether by electronic or by putting it in the envelope. What is your motive? What is your heart's condition when you're giving to God? Because that's what Jesus did. He looks right past the large sums. And He looks straight into the heart. And that's what God primarily looks at when we give. He looks right into our So when we do give or we don't give our tithes or offerings, it's between us and God. He knows your motive. And I hope you're in a connect group. And if you're a connect group leader and you have not asked your connect group members if they are tithing, do it this week. Or are they offering? That's real discipleship. It's accountability. So, so Jesus, uh, whether you give it or not, He looks right into our... And you know what? We have, we have a way of maybe not wanting to give. And you know what we do? We go to people. And we, we share with them a nice story. And we put all the right words in place so that they can say, Yes, that makes sense. And we seek approval. And we, we try to justify it. And we feel so justified. But God knows what's happening in our hearts. And he says this to the scribes and the Pharisees. He says to them, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. He said, oh, that other, another word for that is wickedness. They are full of greed and wickedness. Another translation says that. They are full of greed and wickedness. So for you clean the outside, so you come to church or you come to a place and you come well-dressed and well-financed and whatever you may have, but inside, you're still full of greed. Inside, you're actually missing it. And you're giving, I think, personal, maybe the Bible says that, but becomes vain. Because your motive is not correct. So just, just take a moment and consider so for those of you who have given, let's make it broader than money, just for this illustration. So for those of you who have given money tonight, or you have given money somewhere else to someone, or you have given your time or your energy for someone, for, for, the, for the Lord and for His glory, how was your motive? How was your, so your outside could have been smiling, but inside like, man, I don't want to be here. I don't actually want to help you. What's our motive? What? I just want you to consider when you, when you put money in, whether it's a, a 10 cents or a, what's the highest, a $200, what, are you, what is your motive? What's happening in your heart when you give? What are you thinking? What are you processing? And you know, there was a, there was a moment in this week where I was, I was complaining. So I complain a lot when it comes to money. That's why I thought the Lord actually gave me to preach this uh, message. So, but I've been changing because Pastor Chris caught me the other day in my negative tone and he told me, don't speak like that. 
And you know, it, since then it's really been changing and God has been helping me. And, and we came to this moment where, where we were giving in to something and I was complaining about it. And I stopped and thought, Lord, can I just be thankful that I'm actually able to have gathered that amount and give? Can I just stop complaining? And can I just, just, just change my heart? Because I'm so thankful and I remember the next day I just prayed and I was just thanking God for everything. I didn't ask Him for anything. About like 20 minutes, I just said, Lord, thank you for this, God. Thank you for this thing. Thank you for my bed. Thank you for a fork. Thank you for pots in the house. Thank you for a kettle. And I was just busy thanking God. You know, just busy thanking because my heart wasn't in line with Him in that moment when we gave. And that's what we, we need to look because above our appearance, God looks right into your heart. Why you give or why you don't give. You only... It's only between you and Him and your connect group leader. So if you're not in a connect group, get into a connect group. So God sees our hearts and He sees from what point we are giving. So how can you know if your heart is summer? So this is only three points. So this is not maybe all of the things that you can look at, but this is three things. How can you know that your heart is well when you need to give? First, are you giving cheerfully? So Corinthians 2 verse 9, um, chapter 9 verse 7 says, For God loves a cheerful giver. So when you give, whether time, whether energy, uh, whether finances, whatever you may give, are you giving it with a cheerfulness in your heart? So when you're putting that money in, whether a $10 or $5 or $2,000 or $5,000 or $100,000 or however may you may, are you putting it and saying, God, I thank you. I rejoice of giving you my Money. Secondly, are you giving freely? Because the scripture says don't give under compulsion, don't give under force. Are you freely giving? And are you giving wholeheartedly? Then the people rejoiced at the willing, willing response of their leaders, for they had given to the Lord freely and wholeheartedly. Is that your giving at the moment when that offering basket was going by? What was your face like? <clears throat> Or you know you, all of a sudden, maybe you're texting or, or you're just picking up something else when it comes by. You know? What is, your, what is your heart's condition? What are you experiencing? And whether you're giving here, so remember giving is not just for the Sunday, but whether you're giving here or giving us somewhere else, is it freely and wholeheartedly? Are you freely and wholeheartedly sharing Christ with others? Are you freely and wholeheartedly like wanting to help others? You know, what's your condition of your heart? And lastly, is your heart compelled? Just tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You, and, uh, you are to receive my offering from every man whose heart compels him. Is your heart compelled to give to God? Are you at a point of thankfulness in your heart to say, God, I, I, I'm not sure... Who said this in Scripture? But he actually said something like this. This is not this, is not, this paraphrasing. He said something like this. Every, you've given me every, everything belongs to you, yet I give to you. You know, everything belongs to you, but yet I give to you. Is, are we at a place knowing that everything you actually have belongs to God? As much as you bought it at Markham's or Woolworth's or whatever you bought, whatever place, God can strip you clean like He stripped Job clean today. You know? He can do that if He wants to. 
So do we know that? And is our hearts compelled and moved out of a thankfulness and a cheerfulness and a wholeheartedness to, to give to God? And I'm going to help you understand later on if you're struggling to pay tithe or struggling to offer or struggling to give time, I'm going to actually help you to see why. Because there's actually something that is happening or there's something in your heart that you're missing. And it's, it just happens. But I'm going to help you this evening. So, so those are three things that you can look at and determine what's your heart's condition. So imagine it like this. So imagine we take one of these screens, but smaller ones, a nice size, like this. And we just put it here. So whenever you give, we can check your motive. And it will give us a word. You know? Grudgingly. <laughs> So then we can observe how you're giving. And that's where I think David, if I'm correct, said, Oh Lord, search my heart, O oh God. Just clear, uh, create in me a pure heart, O oh God. Can you just help me? And money is such a sensitive topic. Lord knows why. But it's it just touchy. But it doesn't need to be. If we understand and if our hearts are correct, Money doesn't need to be an issue at all if we know who the giver actually is. So firstly, God looks right past your physical, right past your money, straight into your heart. Do you know you can give a large amount of money and still be greedy? I thought about it and I thought, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Because, okay, let me just continue with my thing. So God looks right past our, our, our physical and right into our hearts. That's the first thing. So God saw, Jesus, as they were playing this game, He saw something they couldn't. And He goes right into the heart of that widow. And He says, this lady has given more. Then secondly, God's evaluation or His, his measurement of money is, is different from man's. He, he measures stuff differently. We could notice it here because... By the way, it, it literally like, I have a 200 and a, a 20 and a 200 year. It's literally like they are different. You know, so God again saw something and he, he evaluated the story. Jesus like measured up the story somehow differently. Because it says again, truly I said to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty. I just want to again say this, that this thing is not about the amount. God loves a cheerful giver, and there is good to give a lot. So this thing is not saying, if I should be giving less, it's not, and then God will approve of my giving. It's not what it's saying. It's not what this text is busy giving over. And, it, and you know, sometimes when we give little, and I I hope I, I remember to touch on this, but when we give little, sometimes we feel like God disregards it. And I want you to, again, whenever you have little, if, if, if your tithe or your offering for the day was $10, and that's what you had to offer, and that's what you felt to offer, may you just check your heart and offer it well. Don't think, oh, I, I only could do 10. And you know, I experienced this so much when I was raising partners. So well, when I left uh, my work to do ministry work, so many times people will say, tell this to me. You know what? I don't have a lot. But I'm just going to give you 100. But they don't understand 
what the hundred does for me and how big it actually is. And they, they missed that. And, and you know, I, I, I had some of the guys were like rich people, the one guy, and he didn't give. And my up to day, I've concluded he didn't give because he was in a space where he couldn't give a lot. And I think he felt ashamed. Like, this will be disregarded because of who I am, and I can't give. And that happens to us in our giving, is thinking, if I give, if, my, if, I, if I have $100, if that's what I get in a month and I have to give 10 away, God doesn't approve of that. And that's a lie. Because God looks at your heart when you give. And so, back to the point, it says, Truly I say to you, this poor widow... Um, has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all con contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty. So I think at this moment is when Jesus revealed to them how she actually gave more. And this is what he possibly said in that time. I wish they gave us a bit more on the story, so we don't need to speculate so much. But I believe the Holy Spirit is in me. I'm accurate here. <laughs> So he looks right past the physical money, like I said, and he looks right into the heart. So how is it that this widow gave more? Because in physical, in the real amounts, she did give less. That's a fact. But if you look at it from a point of percentage, she gave 100%. Therefore, she actually gave more. And that's why they always encourage you to give in percentages. So if you start by 10%, try to give 12% next year or 15%. So work in percentage. So if you actually look at the two people, if they were just two giving, she gave more because she gave everything. Therefore she gave more. Not because of the money, but because of the, uh, what she, uh, she, she gave everything. I don't know if they say the amount. She gave everything. Therefore, she actually gave more. Now, there's times of giving out of abundance. And there's times of giving out of poverty. And Paul says it almost like this. He says, I know what it is to have much. And I know what it is to have little. And there's a time for both. There's a time to give out of a place where you have a abundance. And Exodus actually recalls a place, uh, a time. It says the people, the people bring much more than in enough, more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. There was a time where there was just more than enough. And you know, as a church, it's okay that the church has more than its need for the Lord's work. There's a time needed for that. But then as well, there's a time where we give out of difficult situations. And Corinthians recalls this. It says, For they gave according to their means or their ability, as I can testify, and beyond their means or beyond their ability of their own accord. So there was a time where they gave what they could, but they went beyond that. Now, I've been pondering for this scripture for quite some time, and I, I would just love to know how much above their means did they actually go. Like, what did they actually give? Just imagine, I don't know what is it for you. Imagine you have to give now. Think of an amount. So you need to give something, what you can give. 
So whether it's, let's say it's a thousand, but you need to increase it by another thousand. Like you can give a thousand, but you need to put another thousand on top of that. And that's, that's what happened. And you know what tests our hearts the best? Is sacrificial giving. I don't think there's anything that's going to test your heart as when you need to sacrifice and giving. And that's the difference. This guys gave out of the abundance and they retained abundance. She gave out of her poverty. Give up everything which was a sacrificial giving. Now the point of this, or the point that I'm trying to make here, that there is twice. There's, there's a time for giving out of abundance. There's a time for giving uh, out of tough times. And we, we never stop giving. There's actually, yeah, we never stop giving. We never stop giving. So we never... So whether we're in abundance or whether we're in a time where it's tough, we never stop giving. We never stop giving our time to people. We never stop uh, uh, making disciples. We never stop sharing the gospel. We never stop. Whether you're in a good season, whether you're... Paul wrote so many letters out of prison. That's a time of poverty. He encourages others and is in prison. Have you encouraged someone else when you were in prison? Let's use prison as a tough time in your life. Because then we normally shrink back and say, Lord, I just, we just move into the self-pity. And I'm guilty of that. Just, can I just make it about me now, Lord? I'm unhappy here. No, I don't have a lot of money here. But we always give. You know, because God looks at our motive and our, amount, our percentage of giving. So this is what I want to say. When you give, always give your hundred. From your motive and for the glory of God. Let your motive always be 100% pure before the Lord. And when it's not, give out of discipline. Don't, don't, don't retain. Don't, don't try to justify why you shouldn't give today. You do that only with communion. That you don't take communion if you're not in right with your brother. But you give. There's certain things that are disciplines. Your time with the Lord is a discipline. You do it whether you feel like it or not. It's a discipline. It's something you do whether you're in the season of abundance and you're loving your time with the Lord or it's a dry season in your time of the Lord. And if you, you're not alone in dry seasons with your time of the Lord, everybody gets those seasons. What do you do with the time of the Lord when you're in a dry season? You move forward. You just keep on pressing. I felt like I was in a dry season for long and then for the last two weeks I'm coming out. Like I'm moving back into quite an amazing time with the Lord. But there were just times where it just, it just felt like my discipline. But I kept giving my time and I kept giving my time. And that's the same what we do here. Lastly, so we give out of both seasons. Lastly, God commends giving in faith. So firstly, God looks at your heart. Man, and you cannot fool him. Secondly, we give, and we give our 100%. Whether out of abundance, whether our tough times, we keep on giving. We're givers, and I'm going to show you how we are givers. And then a third point here is God commends giving in faith. It says, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So at this point, 
shows that she gave everything. Now imagine this. Imagine zeroing out your accounts. And I'm not sure if she had pension and all the things like that, and I, I probably doubt it. So imagine you're zeroing out your account. The one thing I'm crazy afraid of is if my account goes to zero, I get so scared. But it has happened. I've even gotten it to the minus, then I felt a bit proud. Like, yeah, <laughs> my first time in my life. You know, so... But it was like a minus two or something. It wasn't a lot. And then I just put back a $10 to just get it back up again, you know? But... <laughs> So God, um, I was saying something. I was really saying something. Okay, anyway, so imagine your life and imagine you had to empty your account. Would your first and initial heart motive be faith? God, I'm going to empty my account now and I'm going to do it in faith. And we had a testimony, I think last week, of a lady who said, and she emptied her account, if I'm correct. Correct me if I'm wrong because I don't want to lie or, uh, you know, exaggerate the testimony, but she actually said she emptied her account and bought food for, for an orphanage. She emptied her account. What she had, whether she had other investments or not, I don't care. What she did at this moment was, whatever she had for the money, she took it out and she gave. Now, are you willing to do that? If you were here in a series that Langa did, the guy who preached on worship, he actually concluded his message and says, be ready. Plan your day. Plan your budget. But be ready for God to interrupt it at times. And are we ready for that? Some of us are like, no way. <laughs> Especially if you're like me, because I'm very planned. So if you, if you man, if, if we said eight and we start at five past eight, you have caught me of God. You know? And I can imagine. So, so walking with Jesus, He really teaches us these things. And you know how to be more flexible. But yeah, would you empty your account if Jesus had to ask you to empty your account? Would you actually empty it? So why should we give in faith? So whether you're emptying or whether you're just giving, your tithing and your offerings, why should you give in faith? Because Hebrews says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Do you want a tithing and an offering and an energy what you give out to be pleasing to the Lord, do everything in faith. Do everything in faith. And learn how to do the mundane things in life in faith. Not just the big, miraculous, mounting, moving things. Learn how to eat your breakfast in faith. Make your bed in faith. Clean your house in faith. Learn how to go to work in faith. Learn how to know that you are sustained by God. Move from that confidence. So why do we? Why, how sh why, why should we give in faith? Because it pleases Him. It pleases God when we give in faith. Why do we struggle to give? Why do we struggle to give in faith? Because it says faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So why do we struggle with uh, with faith? Because we are not hearing the word of Christ. Why do we struggle with faith? It's because we are not hearing the word of Christ. We are not busy enough studying the giver. We're not busy enough studying this God that from Genesis started to give. 
And so what we're actually saying is, when you, when, you, when you retain, when you keep your tithing or your offering back or your time and your energy or the, the gospel, you know what you're actually saying? God, I actually don't have full trust in you. It's what you're actually saying. Because if you understood Him, you'll give. If you believe He saves, you'll preach. I guarantee you. And don't feel discouraged, but rather go on your knees and say, Lord, can you please help me? Because He's a gracious God. And He's going to assist you. But can we just move and, and give? And can we just study the God? But we're more on Netflix and more on other things. You know, I love Chan. Francis Chan wrote this book, um, You and Me Forever. And he states in this book, there's this rule in his house, that the amount of time you watch TV the amount of time you'll read this book. So if you want to read, you watch your series for an hour, you're going to read your Bible for an hour. And he puts that rule out in the house, and I thought, man, what an amazing... You know, we only have a few years to study God and, and be with Him and experience Him on this earth. After that, you depart, and hopefully we see each other upstairs. <laughs> you know? Hey, I'm telling you, lest you think you'll fall... You know, so make sure you're standing. Make sure your heart don't get numb to God. But so, how do we, why do we struggle to give? Because we struggle with faith. We struggle to, to, to understand who we're giving to. Why do we invest at certain places? Because there's some level of trust that these guys are going to handle my money well. Are you willing to give to God? Are you willing to give your heart to Him? So that's why we struggle to give. So let me wrap it up and then I'm going to conclude. So what does Jesus look at? What does He want? He wants your heart. You can put on a facade. You can put on a face. You can put on all the clothes. You can put on all the makeup. You can put on everything that you want that makes you look good and makes you think you're a generous person. But God looks straight into your heart. And He knows when you're giving, when you're retaining, and He knows why you're doing it. Whether you have justified it or seek approval with people, He knows the actual truth. And I advise you to say, God, can you seek my heart and create in me a pure heart? Secondly, we give. Whether out of an abundance, whether sacrificially, but we give. We are givers. It's what we do. There was a movie, Takers. I don't know if you guys know it. This movie, Take Us. And the guy says, uh, we take for a living. It's what we do. And we are givers. As Christians, we are givers. And we give for a living. We are not takers. Sometimes we move to that thing. I'm a take today. But we're not takers. We're givers. We're givers. And so lastly, it, it says that we, God commends giving in faith. I can just imagine handing over everything was a step of faith. Was a step of faith. Was a step of faith. So then I, I want to conclude with this. So how does the gospel fit into all of this? How does the, the gospel of Christ, the good news of our Lord and Savior, fit into giving? You know how does it fit into giving? Giving us, the gospel has everything to do with giving. From Genesis, God gave. 
God gave. And then God comes and He gives us the ultimate gift, Jesus. He comes and He gives. He could. He could have demanded it from us. And He didn't. But what did He do? He gives us the ultimate gift of Jesus. And so, if you know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him might not perish, but have eternal life. He did not send His Son to condemn the world, but to but the world might be saved through Him. So God comes and gives us this ultimate gift. It's called Jesus. Do you know why you have an ability to be a new creation or you are a new creation? Do you know why you're saved or you have an, an, a possibility to salvation? Do you know why you are blessed? Do you know why you're the holy nation or the holy people, the royal priesthood? Do you know why do you have grace and mercy and steadfast love upon your life? Because there was a giver that gave his life for you to have. There was a giver that came and gave everything so that we might have life and, and have life in abundance. You see, ultimately we struggle to give because we struggle to see the giver. We do not understand the giver we do not understand the father when we struggle to give and this you can apply in all areas of life whether you're struggling with time whether you're struggling with sharing the gospel whether you're struggling with discipling someone else you do not understand you have something that's a bit off on the picture and this image of this father that created heaven and earth and gave his son and disciple 12 men in order for us to sit here today freely worshiping and living for the one all of that all that you have in this moment and all salvation all salvation is possible in this moment because Christ gave the Father gave His Son. And that's why I would love for you not to give out of compulsion. But this is what your attitude should be. Lord, I'm thankful. You know, Monday at prayer, God has just reminded me again and I was so grateful for my salvation. I was so grateful from, from where God has saved me and to where He has brought me now. And he, and he comes and he, and he gives so much to me. There's so much stuff that I'm grateful for. You know, when, when God saved me, I've not read a book in my life. I hardly, I struggled to read as a human being. I struggled to study. But God comes and He, he gives me eternal life. You know, maybe, maybe this is a good time to share as how God is a giver and how He changes lives and how you can move from and live from a point of thankfulness for all your life. You know, when, when God saved me, I came out of, of a lot of drinking. You know, a lot of drinking, wasting money. I was actually supposed to be caught. Maybe, hopefully they can't catch me now, but... <laughs> you know, we were involved in robberies. We were supposed to be jailed for what we did. 
You know, and, and there was so long in my life that I walked and said, Lord, how could you give someone like me salvation? I have marks of it. Sometimes I look at my thumb. I was stabbed in my thumb during the robbery. And I looked at it and said, God, how could, you, how could you give someone like me life? How could you give someone like me life? And you can, how do you give it to me in abundance? And you know, so many times I want to encourage you that if you are not in Christ or you're in Christ, may you keep on being at your knees and say, God, can you remind me from the day you saved me? Can I just submit my finances to you and everything that just, everything is for you. You've given me life and life in abundance. There's nothing that I rendered to you that everything is just this giving and this thankfulness. And you know, God comes and, and He gives me new life and and maybe this is a testimony for someone to hear, someone to be encouraged, because I don't share my testimony. You know, and, and God comes and He gives me life. He takes me away from everything in a moment. For months and months and months, I experience emptiness, and maybe you're sitting here empty. But what does God do? He wants to come and fill you, fill you up right now because he says i'm the living water i'm the water that doesn't stop running i'm the i'm the giver i'm the bread that you can just eat and eat and you can never be hungry again that's what he does what is our tithe then what is our offering then what is our time then what is sharing the gospel then if if, if that's what he does he gives you eternity We can just give everything back to Him. You know, and God comes and, and for months he, he allowed me to experience. And now, now I say God allowed me because I just have a bit of insight. You know, that time I didn't know how it worked. But God allowed me to experience a lot of emptiness in my time. And, and all I did was one day is just get a number from the past. And I told Him, man, I just want to know more about Jesus. I just want to... I just want to know more about Jesus because my, my life is just, is just too horrible. You know, witnessing that, witnessing robbery, not witnessing, it, participating in it. You know, I, I saw rape with my own eyes. I wasn't participating, but that night I was present when it happened. I, I had friends that were murderers. I visited them in jail and God comes and He, he gives us life. There's no circumstance that, that He cannot change in your life. There's no dry season that He cannot make fruitful again. And if you're in that position or in that time, allow God in and give Him your heart and give Him anything and everything and move from this day forward from a point of thankfulness because of the cross and grateful that the, the stone was rolled away. Because if that stone wasn't rolled away, we were not sitting here. We would have perished. You know what? God is a, is a great giver and He's a merciful God. And God wants us to, to experience Him. So may, I know we're talking about money, but may money, may money not be a barrier between you and God. It says that thing is the least in the kingdom. May money not be an issue between us and God. So may your heart, may you really place your heart and, 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 and incline your heart. It says, incline my heart to you, O God. So let me just close there. Let's just stand and pray.
Father, we just want to thank you for, for this evening, God. And God, we thank you that you're the ultimate giver, Lord. Father, and I pray that you remind us that you have given us life and life in abundance, God. God, may you, may you remind us that your living water is flowing through us and it never runs dry, God. Father, may you remind us to boast in you and in nothing else, Lord. God, may you remind us, as Paul said, I, I, I give thanks to you all the time. God, may thanksgiving be our thing, Lord. And Father, I pray that we surrender all our lives to you, Jesus. God, because you look right into our hearts. God, you see every heart in this moment, Lord. And you know why we're giving or why we're not giving, God. And Father, I pray that you come and expose that, Lord. And God, I pray that there's not in the season. God, you're a God of heaven and earth, God. No season. Paul says we proclaim the gospel through difficulties, God, because we know who our God is. Father, we will keep on giving through difficulties because we know who you are, Lord. And we know that you will bless us, God. And God, I thank you that we will do everything in faith. Everything. Remembering your son, Jesus, hanging on the cross, dying for our life resurrected God the stone was rolled away God it's an historical fact God that that tomb was empty and we thank you for that Jesus so God I pray that you make us as Corinthians says cheerful givers generous givers free givers God with with wholeheartedness God compel our hearts to give our time towards people God our resources our finances God our our, 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 our your gospel God I just want to bless you Lord bless you God it's a pleasure to serve you it's a pleasure to lift up your name in Jesus name and everybody says amen thank you for listening for more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.